0: I'm excited to be in the house of God. Like I said earlier, it's it's exciting to be here, as always. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Spare with me, guys. Yes, yeah, so I know we've just prayed, but I'm going to pray again. Um, God of our Lord Jesus, the anointed Father of glory, I call out to you on behalf of your people. Give their minds ready to receive wisdom and revelation so they will truly know you. Open the eyes of their hearts and let the lights of your truth flood in. Shine your light on the hope you are calling them to embrace. Reveal to them the glorious riches you have prepared as their inheritance. Let them see the full extent of your power that is at work in those of us who believe. And may it be done according to your might and power. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right, so throughout this series, it's not up there, we've been learning about faith. And it's been tagged as Do It. And for me, each Sunday from the start, when Pastor Phil started teaching, it's been stirring something up inside me. Every Sunday I've come in, I've heard Pastor Phil, I've heard Pastor Debbie, I've heard Pastor Bright. And in me constantly, faith has just been stirring up inside. And I hope it's been the same for you, that God has been speaking something clear to you. God has been stirring something inside you to do something from a place of faith where you respond to his word. And today, what I'm going to be sharing is just a little bit more in that direction. And it's from the book of Genesis. And it's a very famous story that we know. It's the story of Noah. And for those who are taking notes, I've called it building or build in response to the voice of God. So build in response to the voice of God. Amen. So we've got quite a lot to read. Even though we know the story, we are going to be reading um, quite a few scriptures. If we can just turn to Genesis six, and we'll be reading from verse eight to twenty-two. Are we there? Awesome. So I start um, from verse 8. But Noah found favour with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham and Japhet. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world. for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all the living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side, put the door on the side, sorry, and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look. I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal, And every kind of small animals that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. Amen. Still have a bit more to read? So we'll just turn to Genesis 7. And we'll read from verse 1 to 5 and it says when everything was ready the lord said to noah go into the boats with all your family for among all the people of the earth i can see that you alone are righteous take with you seven pairs male and female of each animal i have approved for eating and for sacrifice and take one pair of each of the and take one pair of each of the others also take Seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that all, the, all life will survive on earth after the flood. Seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. And we'll just scroll down again to from verse 17 to 23 and it says for 40 days the flood waters grew deeper covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth all the waters rose higher and higher above the ground the boat the blo- Ooh, sorry the boat floated safely on the surface finally the water covered even the highest mountains on the earth raising more than 22 feet above the highest peaks all the living things on the earth drew died sorry all the living things on the earth died birds domestic animals, wild animals small animals that scurry along the ground and all the people everything that breathed and lived on dry land god wiped out every living thing on earth people livestock Small animals that scurry along the ground, and the birds of the sky, all were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him in the boat. Amen. 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 So I just thought we'll we'll read that again. It's it's a story we know, but it was just great for us to just read through it together. Um, It will help in context of what we'll be sharing today. Amen. 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 So... When I was younger, um, a lot younger, and I lived with my parents, on a Saturday, Saturday was the chores day in our house, which was the day where my dad would gather every one of us to tidy the house. Every one of us, by that I mean my siblings. There's four of us, so I've got an older brother, there's me, my sister, and my little brother. And the deal was, on a Saturday morning, my dad would say, okay guys, right, I want you to clean this, 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 so my older brother will have his section of the house that he had to tidy up i'll have my section my sister will have her section and my younger brother and the idea was once we've done what my dad has told us to do we'll get a reward in the end i don't know if any parent here does that but that was my dad's way of you know getting us to <laughs> getting us to tidy the house you know we got rewards and it was a motivation so it was like okay so if you do this i'll take you out on a day trip So in our heads we're like, you know, day trip, day trip, so you know, we'll we'll do exactly what my dad wants us to do because we want to get rewarded. So I share that story because what I'm going to be sharing today from what we've read is three points. It's instruction, obedience, and reward. So a similar story with Noah was Noah was given an instruction from God. He obeyed God's instruction and he got a reward instruction obedience reward right amen so in this in this month of do it like i shared earlier god has been stirring in my heart faith god has been saying this is what i want you to do or he's just his faith is just bubbling up inside me and i don't i don't know what it is for everyone else here i hope it's the same that god is speaking to you and god is stirring up faith in your heart But the first thing we start with is instruction, that God wants to release instruction. By what I mean by instruction is giving us us direction. I was looking up the definition of what instruction means. And one of the definitions says that an instruction is a clear direction. It's a clear way on how to do something. So if God is telling us to do it, whatever it is or whatever God is prompting or stirring our hearts to do, he will show us how to do it does that make sense so that's the instruction part so the story i shared about my dad when my dad would tell us to clean the house he would literally tell us how to do it as well my dad used to inspect as well he would inspect and we'll go and see if you've actually done it the way he's told you to do it because he's given you clear instructions it's like i want you to do it. he's very thorough i want you to do it this way and he will come and check so back to Noah. if we read if we just go to genesis 6 14 to 16, I will just read that part there. These are very, very clear, specific instructions that God gave Noah. God said to him, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Leave an 18 inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door, put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle and upper. Amen. So clear specific instructions. So what I believe in my heart that God is saying to us in this house, in this Do It series, is that he wants to give us clear instructions, clear specific instructions on how to build. The title we're looking at today is Building in Response to the Voice of God. So at the end of the day, we're all building something in our lives. We're building our family, we're building in our relationship, we're building at school, we're building at work, we're building something, or we're building something that God has laid on our heart. For example, Pastor Phil is building this ministry. It's being built. It's what God has placed on your heart. So whatever God is saying to you to build, I believe that God wants to give us instructions on how to build because our father is a good God. And as we read there in this story, he gave Noah very, very clear, specific instructions. I think for some of us, perhaps God is already saying, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to build. And God is already giving you instructions. God is already telling you how I want you to build. For some of us, we may not actually know what God is saying. Either way, we're all building at the end of the day. Is that, that's right, right? We're all building something. We're all building our family, we're all building in our marriages, we're all building in our workplace, we're all building something. So back to how. God wants to give us revelation on how to build what he's called us to build. This isn't just what we want to build, but this is what God wants us to build. See, God told Noah what to build in the sense that he told Noah what to build, as in he told Noah to build the boat. He told him what to build, but he also told him how to build it. He gave him revelation, clear instructions on how to build. Are we there? So for me today, I'm just believing that if God hasn't given you any clear instructions or God hasn't given you revelation on how to build or what to build, that we can come to him and say, okay, God. We're in this series and fate is staring up in the household. What are you telling me to build? How are you telling me to build? What are you telling me to build? How are you telling me to build? Or it may well be even in our marriages or in our workplace. How are you telling me to build? Because we can build however way we want to build. We all have great ideas. I have great ideas. I'm sure my siblings and and myself on a Saturday, we had better idea of what we wanted to do on a Saturday. I'm sh- we didn't really want to clean necessarily, but we got a reward in the end, so that was a motivation to do that. But we have ideas of what we want to do with our time, with our resources. We have ideas of what we want to do, come but it's coming to the place of God. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to build? Yeah. And how do you want me to build it? Mm. That's where revelation comes. So mm. Noah had a close relationship with with the Father that he could. The Father gave him revelation. Does that make sense? Right, so we'll just turn to, I'll just read this in, let's go back. So Psalm twenty five fourteen, and I'm reading from the Passion Version, and it says, there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. I'll read that again. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. There is that place that we can go before our father where he will give us revelation on how to build our lives. I remember like when I I graduated from university, I was like, oh God, what do I do? Do I work? Do I do masters? Do I do what my parents want? Do I do what you want? Do I do what I want? But there is a private place where we can go before God and say, God, what do you actually want me to do with my time? How do you want me to build my life? Because each day we're building. But how are we building? Are we building in response to the voice of God? Or are we building based on our own ideas? Because God wants to, he wants to give us revelation. He wants to give us instruction. He wants to give us direction on how to build. So my question is, It might challenge you it's what are you building and are you building based on the voice of God what is what 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 are you doing with your time what are you doing with your resources is it based on what God is saying because we want to be people who who build in response to the voice of the father we want to be people who build based on what our father is saying to us because he knows what's best for us at the end of the day. So I go down to um, Psalm 32, 8, and it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you instruction that our father can give us instructions on how to build how to build our lives how to build our ministry how to build in our relationship and that how part that's that's the faith part isn't it because it 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 takes one thing where where you where you hear from god and then you actually do what god is saying I'll move on to obedience. Obedience. So Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. That verse there is repeated twice. It's repeated in Genesis 7. It says, Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. To obey is to comply. It can be defined as to submit to authority. To obey is to comply. It can be defined as to submit to authority. So I go back to the story I shared earlier about my father and my father telling me to tidy the house. In our household, parents, mom and dad, they're the authority in the house. So when they tell you to do something, you do it. When they give you instruction on what to do, you do it. Now, we could just take out the part about the reward, which is the exciting part. Whether or not we get a reward, or not, regardless of it, we submit to that authority. Because my dad has said I should tidy the house up. <laughs> I'll tidy the house up. And sometimes it could be cheeky, it could be like, Dad, why do we have to do it? Do-? And my dad would just joke around with us, like, you know, you have to do it because I had this many children, blah, 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 blah. He'll, just, he'll, he'll, he'll mess about with us and give us some kind of silly answer. But at the end of the day, if God is saying, this is what I want you to do, mm-hmm. this is how I want you to do it. We submit to him simply because he is God. Mm-hmm. Simply because he's God, he's authority over us. So we submit. That is what obedience is. We comply with what, what's been said to us. What God is stirring in our heart in this season? Because I'm sure God is stirring something in our heart in this season. If he isn't, ask him, God, what are you stirring in my heart? God, what are you telling me to build? We can go to him boldly and say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? How are you telling me to build? What are you stirring in my heart to do? Obedience. So I put here, it's not enough to receive instructions. Our faith comes alive when we do it. When we act, our faith is activated. So when we act, when we do whatever God is telling us to do, when we build in accordance to the voice of God, our faith comes alive. We've all heard the famous scripture that faith without works is dead. So if my dad was going to tell me, oh, clean the house, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, take two weeks to do it that's that's not obedience well that's delayed obedience but you know that that really isn't obedience yeah (laughs) what was that sorry (laughs) it's not it's not really obedience he'll be looking at you and thinking i've just told you to clean the house you clean it based on when he's told you to do it It takes faith to obey the instruction given by God. It takes faith to obey the instruction given by God. It takes faith because we have to believe that God has actually said something to me. This isn't just me thinking this great idea. This isn't just me thinking, oh, I should do marriage this way. I should do family this way. I should do ministry this way. I should do life this way. It takes faith to believe that God has actually spoken to me. This is how God is leading me. This is what God is saying to me. It takes faith. Because we have to believe that we've heard from him. That's why we're doing it. And at times, from my experience anyway, I can be like, okay, God, how am I so sure that I've actually heard from How am I so sure that this isn't me just thinking up this idea? You know? And we're all there. But then the word of God actually encourages us in Isaiah 30, 21, and it says, Your ear will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ear would hear. What it means there is basically, if God has said to you, to do something if God has given you an instruction he brings confirmation our God is so good and he's so merciful that he will lead you in a way that he brings confirmation to you that you will hear this and you will keep hearing it and your faith will keep rising and rising that's why I was saying when I whenever I come into church on a Sunday my faith is stirring because I keep hearing something that I've heard before and I've heard it and I've heard it and the spirit of god is speaking to me and is saying, this is the way i want you to go that you will turn to the left and you will turn to the right and you will keep hearing it confirmation that is the mercy of confirmation that our god is so good that he will will cause you to keep hearing it and this is how faith comes faith comes by hearing and hearing in the house of god faith comes when our heart is open when our ear is open to the voice of god to the spirit of god faith comes in And that gives us energy to do what God is saying. Another thing is um, to answer the question, how do I know if this is the voice of God? It says in the story that we read that Noah had close fellowship with God. Noah had a relationship with God. He had fellowship with him. It is from our relationship with our father that we know, we recognize his voice. We heard our today, we preach about this the other Sunday, about my sheep know my voice. We recognize that this is what my dad sounds like. This is how my father is instructing me. This is what my father wants from my life. It is from our relationship with him, from having close fellowship with him, that we know that, yes, this is. This is God, this is God, this is him leading me in this direction. This isn't just my great idea, this has to be God. And that's faith. Our act of faith may look foolish. It may not make sense to the natural mind watching us build. Even perhaps for us building some days, it may not make sense. I go back to the story of Noah building this big boat. So God has told Noah, build a large boat. For the natural mind probably looking at Noah, this large boat, I don't think it took like a week. It must have taken a long time to build because it's a large boat. So I'm sure to the natural eyes looking at Noah every day, building this boat, building and building. They must be thinking, what are you doing? Like, why are you building this? It's not even raining. What is he doing? Why is he building this massive boat? And I don't know if for Noah there were some days where Noah must be thinking, "What am I even doing?" <laughs> like to his natural mind, he must be thinking, "Like, what? You know? Like, seriously, I'm building this thing. It doesn't make sense." And that's our faith. And sometimes it might look foolish. It may not make sense to our natural mind, but we do it because if we've heard God speak to us, we obey him. Regardless of whether it makes sense or not, we do it. I think for me, that's where we go back to God's instruction. And that's where we go back to to his word we look at it again and we say, God, what did you say? We go back to the vision and we say, God, what did you say? So that faith will come back again. So our faith will rise again. It's like, God, what did you say? God, what was your instruction again here? God, what did you say about my marriage? God, what did you say about my work? God, what did you say about my finances? God, what did you say about my family? We go back to it again and we say, okay, yes. This is what the word of God says. This is what God is saying. It takes faith to obey the voice of God. The situation or the condition around us doesn't have to make sense for us to obey God. It's an act of faith. It doesn't have to make sense for us to build. It's an act of faith. It doesn't have to make sense for us to do something that looks scary or something that looks risky, because it's our faith speaking. Ecclesiastics 11.4 says, if we wait for perfect condition, you will never get anything done. If we keep saying, okay, yes, maybe, when it makes sense that I should do this, when it makes sense that it's comfortable to do this, I will do this. We will never get anything done. We'll just keep saying, okay, we'll keep waiting until it makes sense. So what if it actually never makes sense? We won't do anything. I'll just wait. When it makes sense, when it's the right time, then I'll do it. But that's not faith. I don't know what that one's called, but that's definitely not faith. That's definitely (laughs) fear. That is definitely fear taking over. That's no faith. But we are those that live by faith. Amen. 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 So obey God based on the instruction he has given you this season and what he is prompting you to build. What he's stirring in your heart to do, obey God based on that. God is looking to see if we will obey him, even if it doesn't make sense. He's looking to see, are we those who are going to say, yes, God, I'm just going to obey you. That childlike obedience. I think about Abraham. Abraham was told to sacrifice his son. That couldn't have made sense at all. Like, seriously. So, God, this child that took a long time to have, you're telling me to sacrifice him. That didn't make any sense. But God was looking to see will Abraham obey me? And sometimes God does that. He tests our hearts. Like, what are you actually willing to let go of? What are you actually willing to let go of? What are you actually willing to surrender? What are you actually willing to give me? What are you actually willing to do? Regardless of it not making sense, what are you willing to do? He'll test our heart to see if we'll be those those children that are like, I obey you. It's that childlike obedience that says, I trust you. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense that you're telling me to just take my son like, that does not make sense, to sacrifice my son. But God, I'll do it. In surrender, I'll do it. God, I'll let go of it, I'll do it. I'll do it. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense, but I trust you. Because you've given me instruction, I trust you, so I'll do it. And sometimes we might be crying and doing it. <laughs> God, I don't know, this does not make sense. But God, I will do it. <laughs> God, what you're prompting me to do, it does not make sense, but I will do it. It's like I'm willing to let go. I'm willing. I'm I'm willing to just surrender. I'm willing to let go. I'm willing to do it just because of you. I'm willing to walk this life that may not make sense to others looking at me and saying, hey, you're a Christian. But yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to build what you've called me to build. Because it had a bigger purpose, didn't it? He told him to build this big boat that had a bigger purpose. It wasn't just about Noah. It was about others. It was about keeping the generation going. Yeah. It, so it's not just about us. So when we get to that place where God is saying, this is what I want you to do. It's, this is not just about me. Yeah. Come on. This is not just about me. I look at my marriage and I'm like, this is not just about me. It can't just be about me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's not just about us. It has a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. So when God says it, we do it. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't make sense, we do it because it's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bigger than you. Yeah. <laughs> so the last part It's that exciting part. It's the part where we get a reward. (laughs) That's that's the motivation sometimes. The reward motivates us as human naturally. It does motivate us. You think about it, going to work from um, the start of the month to the end of the month. In your head you're like, I'm going because I know at the end of this month, I'm gonna get paid. It's a motivation. I'm going to get paid. If you're not going to get paid, you're not going to wake up in the morning and start going to (laughs) work, are you? (laughs) Nope. I don't know about you, but you're not going to wake up in the morning like, yeah, I'm (laughs) getting ready to go to work for nothing. (laughs) 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 There's that reward that motivates you. Mm -hmm. There's the reward part that's like pushing you. There's a purpose. It's purpose pushing you to say, actually, I'm going to do this. Purpose, it pushes you. Whatever purpose stands us, it might be money, it might be volunteering, whatever it is, purpose pushes you to do it. There's that reward. So as a child, we'll get that house clean, my dad will inspect it. If he says to do it again or we missed anything, we'll do it again because we know we get a reward in the end. We're going to go out. <laughs> we have a day out. There's the reward. It motivates you. The bottom part of Genesis 7:23 says, "All were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him in the boat." Mm. Yeah. Hebrew 10:39 also says, "We are not people who turn back and are lost. Instead, we have faith and are saved." Mm. For me, what that means is we are people who follow through. Yeah. Come on. Mm. We don't just receive the instruction. We don't just receive it. And then when it gets hard, we're like, okay, I'm just going to let go of this. But we follow through to the end. We keep building till the end. We follow through. We don't just give up. We follow through. We hold on to our confident trust in God. Even when it's hard, we're like, God, I believe you. God, it doesn't make sense. I believe you. God, I can't see a way, but I believe you. We hold on because we know that even if we're standing in front of a red sea, our God can just work a miracle. He can. Even if we're standing in front of a red sea, our God can make that red sea part if he's saying, this is the way I want you to walk. He has has to make a way, doesn't he? If if I'm standing in front of it and God is saying, this is the way I want you to go. But God, I can't see a way through. He'll create a way. He'll make a way. Yeah. So we follow through. That's the type of people that we are. We're people of faith. We see it through to the end. We keep building until that boat is completed. Mm-hmm. Hebrew 11, 6 to 8 says, um, And without faith living within us, I'm reading from the Passion Version, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming. Even things that had never been seen but he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned. But Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. It was his faith that saved him. It was his faith and that reverent obedience, that childlike obedience that says God, I'll do what you tell me to do. God, I'll build my life in accordance with your word. God, I'll be like that that wise person that builds with wisdom, with your truth, with your word, so that when the storm comes, my house will be, you know, it won't blow away. It will be stable. Our faith saves us. (laughs) And God rewards our faith. He's, he's the rewarder of they that diligently seek him. There's that diligence part, that regardless of when it's hard, I will diligently seek you daily, regardless, diligence. And this is how we end up having testimonies. I love Amy's testimony, and I know we all carry testimonies here. It is because we followed through that we can be able to stand before people and say, this is what God did. This is how God took me through that journey. We have a testimony in the end. Because we heard the voice of God. God says, this, this is the way I'm leading you. Or God says, I'm going to promote you. And you're like, God says he's going to promote me. And he opens the door. And we have a testimony to share. People are like, hmm, how did that happen? But his faith, I believed the word of God. (laughs) So we pray, we receive God's instructions, we believe, we act, we see the results, we see the fruit of what God is saying. So my encouragement here this this afternoon is that we should keep building, but we should build in accordance to the voice of God. To build in accordance to the voice of God. To have that close, intimate relationship with him where we're like, God, your voice matters more than any other voice, and it's your voice that I want in my life. It is your voice that I want to help me build. It is that voice of wisdom that I want, because it's that voice is that a voice that when God has spoken, that when the storm comes, we're, we're stable because God has released the word. So we're building based on his word and that's wisdom. So keep building in accordance to the voice of God. Keep building to the, in accordance to the revelation that God has given you. Because I think for each and every one of us is different. Just because God has taken somebody through this way does not necessarily mean He's going to take you through that way. He can take you through any way He wants to. And that's why it's so important that we have a personal relationship with Him. Where He speaks to us, we receive that word, and God confirms the word through other people as well. And then we build.
1: And he rewards that, he rewards that faith, that act of faith. It really has been a month where we have, we have, we have we've trusted God to learn more about faith and how to live by faith. Hadassah, you just came on the day, where your picture went off the screen. We've looked at your picture every Sunday. By the way, if you didn't know, that girl that was bungee jumping, that's her. <laughs> We looked at your picture every Sunday because we captioned it, do it by faith. And, 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 and uh, I'm, I'm so privileged to, to work with many of you here that are really studying God's word and endeavouring to teach the word of God properly. And so we did, we did one where I, I talked about dreams do come true. And we talked about your dreams and how God gives you those dreams. And, uh, and, and my wife... Is, uh, I'm a man of one wife. You know, my wife <laughs> did a teaching on, uh, she talked about the story of what? She talks about really sheep, right? Was it about sheep? No. No. What was it? The voice. Oh, the voice. Yeah, I was remembering the voice. So my sheep hear my voice. Okay, so it, she talked about the voice and she was doing the chairs here. Yeah, about the voice in you must really come out. And there are hindrances to the voice that God has given you. Everybody has a voice. Mm-hmm. And Bright did, did the story of Nehemiah on how to build by faith. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. And last week, Valerie was doing on how you build by the voice of God. Which is very similar to what David did. But in a, and, and she did the story of Noah. Amen? Mm-hmm. I hope you've been challenged. And if there's any of those messages I'm talking about and you've missed them, well, you can find them on your podcast. They're there, okay? You can find them. But today, so my job today is, is, is pretty easy because I know it's also our Seed Sunday for the year. And many of you have prepared an offering that you're going to bring in the house of God. Awesome, we're going to do that. My job is really easy. is to kind of just sum up the month in what we've been doing. And I kind of feel of a, a prophetic declaration that we're going to make over you today. And we're going to lay hands on you and pray over you. Are you ready for that? Yeah, you came ready. Yeah, we're going to lay hands on you and pray over you today. Amen. We're going to make some prophetic declaration over your life that I really feel the Lord has been speaking and dropping in my heart since Tuesday when we were here praying in the prayer hub and God just started releasing some things. And those that were here on Tuesday, I mentioned slightly, just a little bit about that. And and, and we're going to continue in those terms. Amen. Amen. God is so good, like we sang in that song. Praise God. So today I want to talk to you on a subject I've entitled, God Will Supply. Do it. God will supply. Tend to your neighbor, preach with me, tell them, Do it. Do it. God, will supply. God will supply. You tend to the wrong neighbor, tend to the other one. <laughs> the one that will respond. <laughs> the one that will respond. Now, tend to that one and say, Do it. Do it. God will supply. supply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17. Turn our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. You know when you turn to the right neighbor, you know you did. Yes, yes, anointed. Thank you. Hallelujah. Keep that ring in your mind. Whatever God has spoken about, whatever God has said for you to do, Do it, he will supply. Amen. Amen. First Kings from uh, chapter 17. I'm going to read from verse 1. You better turn your Bibles there because I'm not into reading short passages nowadays. I read the whole thing. So I'm going to read from verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel. Leaveth Before whom I stand There shall not be dew Nor rain these years But according To my word And the word of the Lord Came unto him saying Get thee hence And turn eastward And hide yourself By the brook Cherith That is before Jordan And it shall be that Thou shalt drink of the brook And I have commanded, mark those words, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded, underline that word again, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God leaveth, I have not a cake or bread, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise or a jug. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, two, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste or finish. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail or run dry until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Verse 15 the last one. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she and and he and her house did eat many days. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. God's provision. For anything God wants you to do, he surely does not depend on your pocket. He depends on his pocket. When God asks you to do something, he surely backs himself in terms of supplying your need. If he sends you on a journey, he backs himself that he's able to provide for you to get where you're going. So when he said to Noah, build me this boat, this ark, that nobody had ever seen before, God knew that there was a way that he would make supplies available to Noah. When he said to Moses, Build me a tabernacle because I want to dwell amongst my people. God knew that He had provided gold and silver and everything they needed to build the tabernacle. Are you with me? Our God is not a God who places a demand where He has not supplied. So when he says to the children of Israel, I want you to make a box of acacia wood, it means he has provided that wood. And he says, I want you to cover it with gold, it means he has provided enough gold. And true to those words, when Moses went to the children of Israel and said, you need to give an offering because God needs uh, gold. He needs silver, he needs needs, uh, purple, he needs linen, He, he needs all these things. And the children of Israel began to give. Until Moses said, you have given enough. This is too much, you people. Stop now. Are you with me? God backs himself as the provider. He just doesn't demand things. For everything he demands or he asks of you, it means he has provided. Are you with me? And the day I began to take that as a fact is the day... My spiritual life became easier. Because, therefore, I use what God is demanding from me to know what He has provided. Uh If God begins to bring me so many sick people to help, it means He has given me a gift of healing. I use what God is demanding from me to know what He has provided. If God begins to bring to me people that need a lot of direction in life and things are messed up, it means he has given me a gift of wisdom. The demand he is placing before you reveals what is hidden in you. Hello? What's hidden in you? It's awesome, sometimes you may be as broke as you can be and, and then somebody will come to you and say, please, can you lend me 500 pounds? And I go like, that means I've got it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I might not have it in my pocket, but that means at least I look like somebody who has 500 pounds mm-hmm. to spare. Hallelujah. Yeah, one amen. Hallelujah. Receive, 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 it's receive, really receive. <laughs> But really, as I was thinking about God's shall supply I was like, what can I share with these guys in terms of a story? And, and, I was, uh, and, and I realized that really my life, me, my life is God's provision. All of it. Now, you, you don't quite understand. My life, I, 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 I've seen God provide for me in places where I thought I was out. I was done and out. And God comes through for me. That's my life. And so it's very hard for me to even find stories to tell you because every day of my life, I see God's provision. Hello? Seriously. There are times I step out of my house and I look at what I'm wearing somebody bought for me. I look at the car I'm going into, somebody gave it to me. And, and I go, whoa. This is much. Hello? I'm full of God's provision. Now wipe that jealous off and and just receive an impartation. (laughs) Receive an impartation. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let me tell you this story of when I was planning to get uh, to the UK in 2004. The first time I was coming across here, you know, my burning bush was already here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some of you have not been saved for so long. You don't understand what that means. My wife was already here. And and by then we were not married. And she was already here. And and, and it took me quite a while to think about, should I really go to the UK? I wasn't interested. I didn't want to do it. I thought I had quite a few things going that if I really just kept doing my life in Malawi, maybe I could one day be president. No, okay, not the president bit. But... (laughs) But... I I really just, uh, I I grew up in Zambia. I grew up uh, a foreigner in Zambia. Everybody called us foreigners when we were in Zambia. Yeah? Black like them, but they called us foreigners. The education system charged us more. Me and my brothers paid more. One of the reasons I didn't go to the University of Zambia was because they were going to charge me a lot more than everyone else. And so I decided I'm going to go to the university in Malawi because I'm a Malawian. So when I arrived in Malawi at the age of 18, it's the first time I was in my home country and felt I'm at home. I can carry a Malawian passport. I'm not a foreigner anymore. And then I met this woman five, four years later. And then she started talking about living in the UK. I... I have just lived all my life as a foreigner. I want to be home. So you understand, I was really struggling with the idea of coming to live in the UK. I just wanted to be home. I, I, I wanted the feeling of being a citizen of the country to which I belong. You know, I, I really wanted that feeling of, of, of just being home. And also the feeling of having your cousins around. You know that feeling, your cousins, your brothers, your uncles, you know, everybody knows you, you know, and that Christmas feel and that other feel where you go home to the village and everybody knows you, you you know, no need to impress anyone, they are really your relatives. Because when I was growing up in Zambia, we had a lot of wonderful cousins. So our parents would make good friends and then we would call those people cousins. Are you with me? So I felt really like, for the first time, I'm home with real relatives. And then, and then, and then, and then this girl decided to say, no, I want to move to, we want to move to the UK. I went, no, 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 it's not in my agenda. This relationship will end where? Here. <laughs> we were not married then. We weren't even engaged. I have the right. I could have walked. But really through a series of prayers and, and, uh, and, and, and really beginning, because Debbie's voice was coming from the fact that God had spoken to her. But I was choosing not to hear that side of it. And then at some point, a series of things happened. God decided to show me. Because when Debbie was saying that she was a fresh graduate from the university of malawi a nurse working in one of the hospitals in malawi she wasn't earning as much she was still undergoing her pre-rage, as they do it in malawi they take a year and 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 she wasn't earning anything and 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 so part of me was like she can keep talking about this but by the time the money comes maybe it's four or five years from now and god will you know we will have sorted out something But I was shocked because God did a series of moves within a few months. (laughs) Within a few months, and she found herself in the office of the president of our country. And he ended up paying her ticket to come to the UK. And I was shocked. No, 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 we're not related to the president. She doesn't know this president. But God did a series of moves. God spoke to her to make a phone call. She makes a phone call and that phone call leads to that, to that. And within three days, she ends up in the office of the president. And the president, I don't know what he was doing, but he he, he, he signs the check. He gives her the money to travel, not on a scholarship, privately. And that got my attention what's going on here? What is God doing? And I started praying. You know, I started also praying, God, am I part of this? Or is Mary going on? her own? no, Joseph. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and God began to answer me in a series of, of, of encounters that really happened to my life uh, that really got me so convinced that this was the right thing to do. For starters, God really showed me the Ensley Center before I knew what the Endless Center is and before I knew what Hall is. And God showed me that center. For those of you that don't know, the Endless Center is where we started this church. And God showed me that place. I toured it in a vision. And I knew this is where I need to go. But you see, when I arrived in Hall, it took about... Five, six years for me to actually get to the Ensley Center. And one day, like we used to do Tolly Bright, you will remember, we used to carry equipment in. We had already started church there. And, and, and one day I got out of the building and I just looked and I went, Oh, this is the place. And I didn't even know it. I found where God wanted me to come. But really, the whole story is God began to provide also for me to convince me to come here. The first thing God did is I, I, I was also a fresh student. I had nothing, no money on me. Like nothing. I was living a life where I've got to believe God for transport to God's to work. Do you understand what that is? Mm-hmm. And so when I started talking about I'm gonna go out to the UK. Everybody was like, <laughs> how? Oh, Debbie is gone now. You guys are not even engaged. She's found Mr. Brown there now. What? What? <laughs> are you with me? And that was me going about thinking, no. This is what God is saying. We must do this. And Debbie and me were in agreement. We would talk in the night on the phone and we would pray. And, and we trusted that this was God. And we are gonna. We made a plan. For three years before I came. Two years, sorry. Before I came here, we made a plan. Like, okay, I'm going to come. We're going to stay three. I'm going to come in, in October. We're going to get married by December. And we sorted that out. Except there was no money. So in those two years, I was trusting God. I had no passport even. If you've been to Malawi, well, now it's improved a lot in terms of passport. But those days, in 2003, 2004, to get a passport, you had to know someone. And you had to bribe them heavy. It wasn't enough not to know, just to know them. You know them, and then you bribe them heavy. And there was me, Mr. Righteous, I'm not going to bribe anyone. I put in an application for the first passport. Seven months later, it wasn't out. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, and you, and you keep you keep complaining about the home office. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Seven months later, it wasn't out. I had nowhere to go. I go there. Like a, a year later, it wasn't out. I had to put in another application. But this time, God provided. How I got my passport in five days without bribing anyone, I still don't understand. My God just came through. Are you with me? I got my passport when I wanted to get a a, a ticket to, to fly to the UK. And we were trying to raise money. And Debbie was trying to help me raise some money here. So she would raise some money. But I never had enough. But I remember, I went to this guy. At the travel agency for Kenya Airways. They had an agency in Malawi. And I went to him and they were doing a direct flight. He was one of my brother's friends. And I went to talk to him. And in the ticket, he says, You, the job you have cannot supply the amount of money you're looking for. Even if I was to give you a loan, it won't work. I can't give you this ticket on loan. Ah, You've got to raise some more money. Because I only had about 60% of the cost, of the, of the price. I went back, praying, believing God. At some point, it's funny how God speaks to you. God just speaks to you inside you. Just somehow you go, I feel like I should go back to that guy again. I went back to him, I knocked, and he looked at me, and he went, Ah, it's you. Ah, you. How much did you say you had again? By then, now, it had also reduced a little bit. (laughs) Because by then I'd stopped working. <laughs> and the money I'd reduced, how much did you have again? I'm like, I'm still short. He says, okay, just give me what you have. Just give me what you have. There's a promotion. I'm going to work out something. So he, he works out something. He says, come tomorrow. I turn up the next day. I've got my ticket. Mm-hmm. Really nice. I'm telling Debbie, Debbie, I got the ticket. She was like, no. <laughs> how did you get the ticket? Are you with me? I still don't know who paid the balance do I want to know and in those days when you were coming here we were still under a Commonwealth agreement that we didn't need any visa to come here we would get a visitor's visa once we get on the on the airport are you with me and that just drove my family mad that I had spent the money that I had, I'd got myself a passport, and I'd stopped work after going through training for three years or four years, and I was coming to the UK, I didn't have a visa to count on. Why are you doing this? And you know what kept me going? Because I just that picture I saw of God saying, I will use you there. Just that picture. And I kept just like, it's different really. I'm not going to study. I'm going because I now believe God will use me there. I have to start life from there. And I kept me, and I remember fighting my brothers, like, like, like fighting, you know, in the night and we would argue. And, and one of them would shout at me, I shouldn't have paid your school fees. And I remember I would cry all night. I'm like, I wish these guys could just understand that what I feel is, is, is bigger than just, I want to go to the UK. Because I didn't want to go to the UK. Not that there's anything wrong with the UK. I mean, the weather is great. <laughs> but it wasn't just in my rather. And so I remember getting on that plane, and the, ver- the night before I got on the plane my, my, on the plane, my older brother, we, you know, we, we had an argument all night, and, and then in the morning, we woke up, he says, "If they retain you at that airport, don't come here." And that was my buy. <laughs> because they were retaining lots of people those days at the airport. But you see, that very night, what he didn't know had happened to me, I tell you this, it's an amazing thing. What had happened to me is that in the night, I was on my bed, and I was praying, partly crying, very nervous, thinking, am I making the right decision here? Because my friends are on track to go and do a master's at the College of Medicine in Malawi, and and I'm going to i Am going to sacrifice all that? You know, my grades were good enough to get the best scholarships in Malawi. Okay? Most of the people that I was with in my, in, 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 in my studies went on, and, and, and you see, I was one of the top two students in that uni, okay? No, very confirmed. Take some, take some, take some.
0: <laughs>
1: and, 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 and so most of, most of my friends that I was with we're now telling me, okay, they, are, they have received the invitation for the master's. Me, I had stopped. So they went for the master's. From there, some of them have got PhDs now. I still don't have one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but so I knew I was on track. And so I'm struggling. Should I really leave all this? And people are saying to me, you're just going to, What are you going to do in the UK? What, what are you? And they're telling me all sorts of things. But God is faithful. You know, and, and in my fear of I'm going to be returned at the airport. In my fear of that, I had a dream that night. And the dream I had, I just saw myself and a gate opening for me. And I woke up with some strength and I said, let's, let's, I'd put everything on the line. <laughs> and, and let's do this. Just that little dream I had. So, not only had God provided the ticket and the means for me to beat the corrupt system to get a passport, but now He was opening a door for me to come here. And true to that dream, that people were being asked hundreds of questions at Heathrow, up to now I just hear from people. <laughs> I arrived at Heathrow Airport like. I mean, I think I was like a billionaire because the guy that just, just, he just looked at me and he said, hey, how are you, sir? How long are you here for? I'm like, yeah, three, six months. We'll see what happens. And he goes, okay, bless you. You know, have a good time. And I had all these letters with me that I was going to show him. All this, yeah. He's not asking me. I felt like going back to say, Ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm radio, ask me. My entry into this country was so quick that the people that had come to wait for me had not yet arrived at the airport. Because they, they, they were saying, oh, they now stop people and you wait for several hours, especially if you have no visa, Okay. And by the time they would even call us, they were waiting for them. To say, you know, Debbie was still on the train. You know, and oh, so when I got there, now I'm thinking, oh, what do I do? <laughs> I Look for a phone booth. I ring Debbie. She's on the train. She says, "Why are you?" She, no, she's scared that I'm ringing her. Like I'm like, this is the last phone call. I'm going back. I'm like, no, I'm waiting for you. God has a way of providing. Are you with me? (laughs) One lesson that I want you to learn from that story of Elijah, God shall supply. Lesson number one, God commands people and things to supply, to work for you. Just as I believe God commanded this guy called George that gave me the ticket the second time I went there. Just as I believe God commanded the ravens for Elijah so he can be fed by ravens. Ravens are not known to be generous animals, if you like. They're not the generous birds. They're the ones that are greedy. They're the ones that don't share. And they are quite unclean by every standard. But God used, he commanded ravens to find bread and meat and bring it to Elijah every day in the afternoon, in the evening. Two meals. God, when he says he will supply, it means he will command people. He will command entities. Are you with me? He can command your bank. Mm, Hallelujah. He will command. When he says he will supply, he will command. And it says, he says after after the brook dried up, which means in life, you know, in life you can also suffer some losses and some lack because of the things that are going on around you. The brook can dry up in whole. The, the reason Elijah is in this position is because it is him who has prophesied a drought. Until he says so, it's not going to rain. Which means there's going to be famine in this place. And so, but God decides, okay, but you are my servant. You've got to be fed. David says, I've been young and I'm um, old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, there are children begging bread. Are you with me? God is serious about supplying you. He will command animals to bring food to your house. (laughs) And then the Bible says, after the brook dried up, Elijah did not panic. Hello. Hello, child of God. Stop the panicking. It is very satanic. Huh? Ah, yeah, I'll repeat that. Stop it. Panicking is not of God. Anxiety is of the devil. God wants you to trust him. Hello? I'm sure for those of us that have got little children like me, if my children came to my bedroom panicking about what they will eat, oh no, what will I eat? I will slap them. Okay, I won't. But I will... <laughs> but you understand? I'll be like, Why? Since when did you buy food in this house? It's the same thing. When you're panicking, God needs really to slap you. I said, Quiet. Did your panicking provide the air you are breathing right now? Did your panicking provide this heartbeat that has been running in you since you were formed? It never stops. No. There's no holiday for your heart. Huh? Listen. So Elijah, he looks to God and God says, Now Elijah, we're going to take you to Zarephath. And in Zarephath you will find a widow. And that widow, I have commanded her to supply for you. And Elijah, like a man of God, like a child of God he was, he gets up and he begins the journey to Zarephath to find the widow whom God has commanded supply for him (laughs) it's such a strange story I remember when when the first time when when, when I lived with my mom when my after my dad had died and watching her uh, my dad died when she was my mom was uh, 50 50 56 when my dad died she was 56 and and and. And living with her, I lived with her three years later after uni and all that, so I lived with her when she was about, uh, she just hitting 60. And, and, and when I lived with her, and, and, and the, ch- uh, the change in the house, because no, my dad was no longer there, her living as a widow, and the things that have changed in the way she did things now. Because, because, because a, a widow lives with a limp. A widow lives with, 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 with a half supply, if you like. Especially if you've been married for long. Hello. My parents were married for 40 odd years. So they would be married for quite a while not 40, so 30, 30, something years. They' would be married for, for quite a while. And, 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 and just I noticed a few things. One of the things is that my mother had become, had gone into preservation mode. It's about preserving what she has. Because that guy that used to be with her, that used to plan things, that used to say, we're going to do this, we're going to do is not there anymore. So she's in preservation mode. The other reason is I think she, she had gone through a series of activities that had, that had included property grabbing by some of the uncles that didn't understand themselves too well. <laughs> Thank God they got saved now, you know. And so because of that, she was in preservation mode and, and, and she wasn't in spend freely mode. Are you with me? Now when you turn up and you're a teenager, you, 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 your parents is still your parent. But you begin to notice that okay, it's slightly different the way we do things in this house now. Hello? The term, the word widow actually actually means it comes from, from this root meanings empty, desolate. Now imagine God sends Elijah. To a widow so this is very it is, <laughs> I was wondering whether I should tell you this story but but I, w- I will tell you I'll tell you this story you know I think a few years ago maybe two three years ago two years ago no 2017 2018 2017 2018 I wanted to start a business I wanted to start to, to, to buy some cars and sell some cars and secondhand and and all I needed was a thousand pounds Okay, and I was looking for a thousand pounds and I couldn't find a thousand pounds so I was praying, God you need, you need to give me a thousand pounds I need a thousand pounds I told you my life is about provision right? everything I believe God for you can trust your horses and your chariots, me I believe God so I'm like, okay I need a thousand pounds I'm not looking for a thousand pounds I'm going to use your story she pops up and she says, God has spoken to her to give us a thousand pounds. Do you remember? And I, and I struggled. Because her husband had just passed on. And I'm thinking, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking a thousand pounds from her. I struggled. I said no, God. I I won't take it. You can you can send Benny at least. (laughs) 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 But but uh, she's not. I no. no. And I remember when she came to tell me, says, Pastor, God says I should give you a thousand pounds. I went no. So I said no. Let's pray. Okay. You go. We pray. You know. But you see, I I I really knew I was praying for a thousand pounds. Okay. I said you go we pray and then it took some, I don't know how many days I don't know how many days it took and she reminded me again pastor what are you saying about this? you know when provision begins to chase you and she says what are you saying about one thousand thousand pounds? I said oh yeah 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 You know, I, but what had happened to me is that God took me to this story so it's very close to my heart God took me to this story and, and said, I, I, you were not the first. I, I've commanded weeders to supply before. And God actually had a series of rebukes for me of who do you think you are? But this last one was the one that made a lot of sense when God says, don't you know that by... Commanding her to do this, I'm planning to supply for her. Why are you focused on you? And I remember those other words. I said to her, and then when we came and we prayed here, and I started prophesying over you the supply that God was going to release, it was coming from that experience I had. God says, don't you know, this is not even about you. What is a thousand pounds? and I obeyed God. I'm glad I obeyed God. Because sooner or later I've seen God begin to connect her to my supply in an amazing way. There's some things that are happening right now, like everywhere we go, they don't ask about you, they ask about her. And me and Debbie are just like, why? (laughs) Everywhere we go, we find people, we're talking to people, leaders, and they'll be like, "How's, how's that lady?" but why? She's not here now. <laughs> Recently, somebody was asking about doing business with her. But it's somebody we met. We just met the person. She's never even met the person. We meet the person. And the person ends up trying to do business. I, do you understand what I'm going to say? By what God commanded her to do, he connected her to the supply. And I'm glad I didn't stand in the way. So if God told you to give me a thousand pounds, just bring me a <laughs> <laughs> Now, jokes aside, God commands people. Are you with me? He commands people. He commands Elijah to go to a widow because the widow is about to supply him, but really it's the widow that needs the supply. Because when Elijah arrives, let me start winding this thing down, because otherwise I'm going to be here forever. When Elijah arrives at this place, he finds the widow picking sticks, fetching sticks. And and, and Elijah is a man of God, bless the Lord. He came with the word in him. Because when God says, I have commanded a widow, Elijah as a prophet, what he took was a word in him. A prophet has nothing but the word. He took the word in him. And the word he had was, therefore God has supplied. Remember what I told you at the beginning? When he demands, he has supplied. Now let's see whether this widow knew this. When he arrives, he says to the widow, fetch me some water. She has no problems with that. And then he says, hey, as you're going, can you also bring me some bread? It matters how you prophesy to you prophets. Yeah? Before he gives the word, the spirit of prophets is subject to the prophets. That's for another day. But it matters. You need to think about what God is saying and how you're going to deliver it. It's your job to think about it. You don't just stand up and say, God has shown me you're going to die. Are you, are you not human yourself? do you know how human beings communicate certain news You've got to think about it. So Elijah knows he's come with a word. This woman is about to be supplied. But then he says, bring me some bread, will you? And she says, oh my Lord. As your Lord lives, I have nothing in my house. Nothing. Even these sticks I'm collecting, I've just got a little flower. I'll tell you my plan. I'm going in the house. I'm going to make the last bread that we can make from this flour and the little oil, me and my son are going to eat and then we're going to wait to die. Now you see, if you don't understand how God works, you will say, wrong address. Because the widow God sent me to must be loaded. This is how we miss what God is about to supply. Hear me. I've got a word for you where God is going to send you and where your supply is going to come from is not because that company is big. Huh? Are you with me? It's not because it, Oh, oh it, 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 everything looks promising. Listen, listen. The voice of God is the voice of harvest. Everything answers to his voice. So when when he sends Elijah there, Elijah proves to us he is a man of God. He says, you have nothing perfect. This is exactly where I'm going to eat for the next three and a half years. The widow who has nothing is where he's going to stay. He stayed there, if you read your Bible. Three and a half years. Staying with the widow who has nothing. (laughs) <laughs> aye, 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 aye. he says this you're going to be my supply you you have nothing what did Elijah knew, know which the widow didn't know or which we don't know what did he know because I'm looking at this widow and I'm thinking look at this widow is it that when God said I have commanded her She didn't know she has been commanded. Just like us sometimes. God, we don't realize God has. I began by talking about when God sends you somewhere. You might think it's for other reasons. But God always commands us to do things. He leaves those commands in our hearts. If we care to know, we will find them very soon. She was looking at her lack. What she doesn't have. And she didn't know she has been commanded to supply for God himself. Are you with me? I don't want you to leave this room thinking God has not commanded you anything for his kingdom. He has. You need to find out. You need to say, Father, what do you want me to do with this? This little flower that you have... The little oil that you have. eh? The little money, the little energy that you have. The small house or big house that you have. The little job you have or the big job that you have. It carries a command from God. Are you with me? Don't be thinking, I just need to eat and then we'll see what happens tomorrow. That's what she was thinking. She doesn't know. The little flower was supposed to supply one of the greatest prophets as Jesus said, that has ever lived. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. There is a command on your money. Find out. There is God's command on everything that you have. You see, I can confidently say, if cars are allowed to be in heaven to testify on our behalf, No car I have ever owned will testify that it didn't serve God. If shoes are allowed in heaven to testify, my shoes will testify that I carried good news. Everything is commanded to serve God. Are you with me? You're holding nothing for yourself. Okay, second part. If this widow knew that she was commanded to supply, is it because she had little that she decided, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. So today we arrive at gift Sunday and we're saying, guys, prepare what you're going to give this year. How are you going to challenge yourself to give this year? A bit more in the house of God. A bit more in the kingdom of God. How are you going to increase your giving? How are you going to get on standing orders, some of you, for the first time? Or how are you going to decide to give regularly for the first time, some of you? Some of you, how are you going to decide, I'm now going to give a tithe? I'm going to pay my tithes all the time. Some of you are going to decide that. And you, but listen, but you're looking at what you have and you're saying, I know this is what God wants to do, but it's not enough. Lord, there is hardly enough for me and my child to eat. She was in the same position. I know you've sent a prophet. I know he's a man of God. I know he needs to eat. But there is only enough for me and my child. Even what I'm calling enough is only for one meal. Surely you can't stone her for that. She's a mother. She can't be wrong. That's not wrong. There's only enough for me and my children and my child. That's all. We can't add another mouth on this. You know, my wife is awesome. She she's so generous. You know? She's a very generous woman. And so she keeps adding to our budget. And sometimes she just drives me mad. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, we can't give. that. It's not even enough for this, Debbie. (laughs) She's generous. She will bless. She will give. (laughs) I don't know what this woman's son would have done if she turned up with Elijah. (laughs) This woman had only enough courage to collect two sticks. There wasn't much to cook. And she says, now my son... We've got a third mouth now. A grown man. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. Listen. Learn from this story. Learn from this story. It's not a big revelation. It doesn't matter how much you have, God first. Did you hear that one? It doesn't matter what is in your hands. God first. There's only enough for me and my child to eat and then die. Elijah says, don't fear. Don't fear. Make for me first. Elijah in this case represents God. He says, don't fear. Just don't fear. Make for me first. You see, I, I look at myself and I say, "Wow." Can I say that to someone? If Bright wanted to give me his last money, and I was say, Bright, what does Amy think? Uh, you know, and, and, and yeah, Bright, no. Just go feed your wife. Can I say, don't fear. If God has commanded you, release it. Give me. That's what Elisha did. The woman is talking about dying. We're going to eat and then die. And he says her, no, 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 don't fear at all. God first, he said. I want to encourage you, don't fear. God first. As you give, don't fear. God first. Are you with me? Why? Why? Elijah says, because thus says the Lord. There's a reason he is telling us this. He says, the flour will not run out. The oil will also not run out until rain comes. Do you know when rain came? Three years later. They were eating from the same thing. He's not talking about two weeks. This was a miracle for three years. Three years. Elijah, the woman, her child, are eating from the same jar. Three years. For Elijah to go back and challenge Ahab, you read, he came from that house of this widow. And then he goes back. Three years from this so this is not a a small miracle are you with me so here is the reason why I will say to you don't fear because I believe God has spoken a word over your life trust me as we begin to give this gift Sunday as we give in the house of God I know some of you have come and you're saying "Oh yeah, now I hear God And God is speaking to you about how you're supposed to give. It's fine. Take your time. You're going to give. But when you do it, don't fear. Because I know God has spoken a word. Are you with me? A few things before I finish. Jesus said about this widow. He said in Luke 4.24, I tell you the truth. No prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. There was many needy widows. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Why this widow? Because God looked for one that will honor his word. Are you with me? Jesus says this widow, she was found honorable by God. There was many widows in Israel that had needs. Needs alone does not make God supply. You can write this sentence down. The reason God will cause supply to come to you is because he sees you or in you an ability to honor his word, his servants, and the ones that he sends. Period. That's the reason he will cause supply. Jesus himself says, let me tell you about what happened to that widow in Zarephath. There were many needy ones in Jerusalem. But no one was sent to. Elijah was not sent to them. Because they were not going to honor the prophet. That's what he means. Because he begins by a prophet is not honorable in his own village. So these people were not going to honor the prophet. So God decided to look for someone who will honor Elijah. And because she was going to honor Elijah, God sent the three and a half miracle of supply to her house. God is going to send miracles of supply to your house because you honor the word. Now, I'm going to release a word over you today. And, 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 and as you honor that word, God is going to send supply to your house. Are you with me? In John six twenty nine, the Bible says, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. In John 13, verse 20, the Bible says, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. What more can I tell you? Supply follows the law of honor. God will supply. But really, I should have added, if you honor him, honor his word. Honor those he sends. Some of the people he sends don't look quite as well-dressed as I look today. This is also my provision, you know. Yeah? You know this one, right? (laughs) Bright took me shopping and I bought this. No, he bought this. I tell you, my life is full of provision. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you know, honor the ones he sends. Honor the word he sends. Are you with me? Yeah. Then there's going to be supply. God will supply. Honor the ones he sends. Honor the word he sends. This is what usually happens. God either sends a word or sends a somebody. And some don't look quite great, some look great. Doesn't matter. The work we have is to honor the ones he sends. Honor the word he sends to us. And in that is a key for supply. I honored what she was sent to do. I was supplied. Wasn't I? Yeah. 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 She honoured me as a man of God and brought that gift into my life. Was she supplied? So she can answer for yourself. For herself, she's there. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Honour is the key for God to release stuff. Now, nowadays, there's too many people just talking about, oh, put your seed, put your seed. And so nobody understands what's going on. But I'm trying to explain what's going on. When you begin to understand this issue of what is God saying, and then you honor what God is saying, you are releasing supply over your life. The reason why some of us have not yet been supplied to this day, we've been praying for a spouse and we've not been supplied, it's a lack of honoring the ones he has been sending Or the the word he has been sending in your life. Are you with me? Anybody that moves over into a place of honoring the word and the ones God is sending. Experiences the supply of heaven. Mm -hmm. If I had time I would tell you about David. I would tell you about Joseph. I would really tell you a lot of things about Peter and the miraculous catch of fish. Because Jesus said. Just because Jesus said to the right To the right. A man who was a carpenter, not a fisherman, said to a professional fisherman, push back to the right. Throw the net to the right. How does he know these things? Peter didn't ask that question. Honor the ones he has sent. Honor the words that he sent. And you will have your miraculous touch. It really has been a month where we have, we have, we have we've trusted God To learn more about faith and how to live by faith. Hadassah, you just came on the day your picture went off the screen. We've looked at your picture every Sunday. By the way, if you didn't know, that girl that was bungee jumping, that's her. (laughs) We looked at your picture every Sunday because we captioned it, do it by faith. And, 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 and uh, I'm, I'm so privileged to, to work with many of you here that are really studying God's Word and endeavoring to teach the Word of God properly. And so we did, we did one where I, I talked about dreams do come true, and we talked about your dreams and how God gives you those dreams. And, uh, and, and my wife... Uh, I'm a man of one wife. You know, my wife <laughs> did a teaching... On, uh, she talked about the story of what? She talked about really sheep, right? Was it about sheep? No. No, what was it? The
0: voice.
1: voice. Oh, the voice. Yeah, I was remembering the voice. So my sheep hear my voice. Okay, so she talked about the voice, and she was doing the chairs here. Yeah. Yeah? About the voice in you must really come out. And there are hindrances to the voice that God has given you. Everybody has a voice. And Bright did, did the story of Nehemiah on how to build by faith. Are you with me? Amen. And last week, Valerie was doing on how you build by the voice of God, which is very similar to what David did. But in a, and, and she did the story of Noah. Amen. I hope you've been challenged. And if there's any of those messages I'm talking about and you've missed them, well, you can find them on your podcast. They're there, okay? You can find them. But today, so my job today is, is, is pretty easy because I know it's also our seed Sunday for the year. And many of you have prepared an offering that you're going to bring in the house of God. Awesome, we're going to do that. My job is really easy. is to kind of just sum up the month in what we've been doing. And I kind of feel of a, a prophetic declaration that we're going to make over you today, and we're going to lay hands on you and pray over you. Are you ready for that?: Yeah. You came ready. Yeah, we're going to lay hands on you and pray over you today. Amen. We're going to make some prophetic declaration over your life that I really feel the Lord has been speaking and dropping in my heart since Tuesday when we were here praying in the prayer hub and God just started releasing some things. And those that were here on Tuesday, I mentioned slightly, just a little bit about that. And and, and we're going to continue in those terms. Amen. God is so good, like we sang in that song. Praise God. So today I want to talk to you... On a subject I've entitled, God Will Supply. Do it. God will supply. Tend to your neighbor, preach with me, tell them, Do it. God will supply. You tend to the wrong neighbor, tend to the other one. The one that will respond. <laughs> the one that will respond. Now, tend to that one and say, Do it. Do it. God will, supply. God will supply. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to First Kings chapter 17. Let's turn our Bibles to First Kings chapter 17. You know when you turn to the right neighbor, you know you did. Yes, I did. Mm, yes anointed. I did you. Hallelujah. Keep that ring in your mind. Whatever God has spoken about, whatever God has said for you to do. Do it, he will supply. Amen. Amen. First Kings from uh, chapter 17, I'm going to read from verse 1. You better turn your Bibles there because I'm not into reading short passages nowadays. I read the whole thing. So I'm going to read from verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel Leaveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, And I have commanded, mark those words, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded, underline that word again, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God liveth, I have not a cake or bread, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise or a jug. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, two, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste or finish. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail or run dry until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Verse 15 the last one. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she and and he and her house did eat many Days And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. God's provision. For anything God wants you to do, he surely does not depend on your pocket. He depends on his pocket. When God asks you to do something, he surely does backs himself in terms of supplying your need. If he sends you on a journey, he backs himself that he's able to provide for you to get where you're going. So when he said to Noah, build me this boat, this ark, that nobody had ever seen before, God knew that there was a way that he would make supplies available to Noah. When he said to Moses, Build me a tabernacle because I want to dwell amongst my people. God knew that He had provided gold and silver and everything they needed to build the tabernacle. Are you with me? Our God is not a God who places a demand where He has not supplied. So when he says to the children of Israel, I want you to make a box of acacia wood, it means he has provided that wood. And he says, I want you to cover it with gold, it means he has provided enough gold. And true to those words, when Moses went to the children of Israel and said, you need to give an offering because God needs uh, gold, he needs silver, he needs, he needs uh, purple, he needs linen, he, he needs all these things. And the children of Israel began to give. Until Moses said, you have given enough. This is too much, you people. Stop now. Are you with me? God backs himself as the provider. He just doesn't demand things. For everything he demands or he asks of you, it means he has provided. Are you with me? And the day I began to take that as a fact is the day... My spiritual life became easier. Because, therefore, I use what God is demanding from me to know what He has provided. Uh If God begins to bring me so many sick people to help, it means He has given me a gift of healing. I use what God is demanding from me to know what He has provided. If God begins to bring to me people that need a lot of direction in life and things are messed up, it means he has given me a gift of wisdom. The demand he is placing before you reveals what is hidden in you. Hello? What's hidden in you? It's awesome, sometimes you may be as broke as you can be and, and then somebody will come to you and say, please, can you lend me 500 pounds? And I go, like, that means I've got it somewhere. (laughs) I might not have it in my pocket, but that means at least I look like somebody who has 500 pounds to spare. Hallelujah. Yeah, one amen. Receive, 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 receive. But really, as I was thinking about God's shall supply I was like, what can I share with these guys in terms of a story? And, and, I was, uh, and, and I realized that really my life, me, my life is God's provision. All of it. Now, you, you don't quite understand. My life, I, 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 I've seen God provide for me in places where I thought I was out. I was done and out. And God comes through for me. That's my life. And so it's very hard for me to even find stories to tell you because every day of my life, I see God's provision. Hello? Seriously. There are times I step out of my house and I look at what I'm wearing somebody bought for me. I look at the car I'm going into, somebody gave it to me. And, and I go, whoa. This is March. Hello? Hello? I'm full of God's provision. Now wipe that jealous off and and just receive an impartation. (laughs) Receive an impartation. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let me tell you this story of when I was planning to get uh, to the UK in 2004. The first time I was coming across here, you know, my burning bush was already here. (laughs) Yeah. Some of you have not been saved for so long. You don't understand what that means. My wife was already here. And and by then we were not married. And she was already here. And and, and it took me quite a while to think about, should I really go to the UK? I wasn't interested. I didn't want to do it. I thought I had quite a few things going that if I really just kept doing my life in Malawi, maybe I could one day be president. No, okay, not the president bit. But... (laughs) But... I I really just, uh, I I grew up in Zambia. I grew up uh, a foreigner in Zambia. Everybody called us foreigners when we were in Zambia. Yeah? Black like them, but they called us foreigners. The education system charged us more. Me and my brothers paid more. One of the reasons I didn't go to the University of Zambia was because they were going to charge me a lot more than everyone else. And so I decided I'm going to go to the university in Malawi because I'm a Malawian. So when I arrived in Malawi at the age of 18, it's the first time I was in my home country and felt I'm at home. I can carry a Malawian passport. I'm not a foreigner anymore. And then I met this woman five, four years later. And then she started talking about living in the UK. I... I have just lived all my life as a foreigner. I want to be home. So you understand, I was really struggling with the idea of coming to live in the UK. I just wanted to be home. I, I, I wanted the feeling of being a citizen of the country to which I belong. You know, I, I really wanted that feeling of, of, of just being home. And also the feeling of having your cousins around. You know that feeling? Your cousins, your brothers, your uncles, you know, everybody knows you, you know, and that Christmas feel and that other feel where you go home to the village and everybody knows you, you you know, no need to impress anyone, they are really your relatives. Because when I was growing up in Zambia, we had a lot of wonderful cousins. So our parents would make good friends and then we would call those people cousins. Are you with me? So I felt really like, for the first time, I'm home with real relatives. And then, and then, and then, and then this girl decided to say, no, I want to move to, we want to move to the UK. I went, no, 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 it's not in my agenda. This relationship will end where? Here. We <laughs> were not married then. We weren't even engaged. I have the right. I could have walked. But really through a series of prayers and, and, uh, and, and, and really beginning, because Debbie's voice was coming from the fact that God had spoken to her. But I was choosing not to hear that side of it. And then at some point, a series of things happened. God decided to show me. Because when Debbie was saying that she was a fresh graduate from the university of malawi a nurse working in one of the hospitals in malawi she wasn't earning as much she was still undergoing her pre-rage, as they do it in malawi they take a year and 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 she wasn't earning anything and 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 so part of me was like she can keep talking about this but by the time the money comes maybe it's four or five years from now and god will you know we will have sorted out something But I was shocked because God did a series of moves within a few months. (laughs) Within a few months, and she found herself in the office of the president of our country. And he ended up paying her ticket to come to the UK. And I was shocked. No, 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 we're not related to the president. She doesn't know this president But God did a series of moves. God spoke to her to make a phone call. She makes a phone call, and that phone call leads to that, to that. And within three days, she ends up in the office of the president. And the president, I don't know what he was doing, but he he, he signs the check. He gives her the money to travel, not on a scholarship, privately. And that got my attention. What's going on here? What is God doing? And I started praying. You know, I started also praying, God, am I part of this? Or is Mary going on? Our own? no, Joseph. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and God began to answer me in a series of, of, of encounters that really happened to my life uh, that really got me so convinced that this was the right thing to do. For starters, God really showed me the Endless Center before I knew what the Endless Center is and before I knew what Hall is. And God showed me that center. For those of you that don't know, the Endless Center is where we started this church. And God showed me that place. I toured it in a vision. And I knew this is where I need to go. But you see, when I arrived in Hall, it took about five, six years for me to actually get to the Ensley Center. And one day, like we used to do Tolly Bright, you will remember, we used to carry equipment in. We had already started church there. And, and, and one day I got out of the building, and I just looked, and I went, "Oh, this is the place! And I didn't even know it. I found where God wanted me to come. But really, the whole story is God began to provide also for me to convince me to come here. The first thing God did is I I, I was also a fresh student. I had nothing. No money on me. Like nothing. I was living a life where I've got to believe God for transport to God work. Do you understand what that is? Mm -hmm. And so when I started talking about I'm gonna go out to the UK. Everybody was like, <laughs> 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 how? Oh, Debbie is gone now. You guys are not even engaged. She's found Mr. Brown there now. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> are you with me? And that was me going about thinking, no this is what God is saying, we must do this. And Debbie and me were in agreement. We would talk in the night on the phone and we would pray and, and we trusted that this was God. And we are gonna. We made a plan. For three years before I came, two years, sorry, before I came here, we made a plan. Like, I'm going to come, we're going to stay three, I'm going to come in, in October, we're going to get married by December. And we sorted that out, except there was no money. So in those two years, I was trusting God. I had no passport even. If you've been to Malawi, well, now it's improved a lot in terms of passport. But those days, in 2003, 2004, to get a passport, you had to know someone. And you had to bribe them heavy. It wasn't enough not to know, just to know them. You know them, and then you bribe them heavy. And there was me, Mr. Righteous, I'm not going to bribe anyone. I put in an application for the first passport. Seven months later, it wasn't out. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, and you and you keep you keep complaining about the home office. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. 7 months later it wasn't out. I had nowhere to go. I go there they got a year later it wasn't out. I had to put in another application but this time God provided. How I got my passport in five days without bribing anyone, I still don't understand. My God just came through. Are you with me? I got my passport when I wanted to get a a, a ticket to, to fly to the UK and we were trying to raise money and Debbie was trying to help me raise some money here so she would raise some money but I never had enough. But I remember I went to this guy at the travel agency for Kenya Airways. They had an agency in Malawi. And I went to him and they were doing a direct flight. He was one of my brother's friends. And I went to talk to him. And in the ticket, he says, You, the job you have cannot supply the amount of money you're looking for. Even if I was to give you a loan, it won't work. I can't give you this ticket on loan. Ah, You've got to raise some more money. Because I only had about 60% of the cost, of the, of the price. I went back, praying, believing God. At some point, it's funny how God speaks to you. God just speaks to you inside you. Just somehow you go, I feel like I should go back to that guy again. I went back to him, I knocked, and he looked at me, and he went, ah, it's you. Ah, you. How much did you say you had again? By then, now, it had also reduced a little bit. (laughs) Because by then I'd stopped working. (laughs) And the money I'd reduced, how much did you have again? I'm like, I'm still short. He says, okay, just give me what you have. give me what you have. There's a promotion. I'm going to work out something. So he he works out something. He says, come tomorrow. I turn up the next day. I've got my ticket. I'm telling Debbie, Debbie, I got the ticket. She was like, no. (laughs) How did you get the ticket? Are you with me? I still don't know who paid the balance. Do I want to know? And in those days, when you were coming here, we were still under a Commonwealth agreement that we didn't need any visa to come here. We would get a visitor's visa once we get on the the airport. Are you with me? And that just drove my family mad. That I had spent the money that I had, I'd got myself a passport, and I'd stopped work after going through training for three years or four years, and I was coming to the UK, I didn't have a visa to count on. Why are you doing this? And you know what kept me going? Because I just that picture I saw of God saying, I will use you there. Just that picture. And I kept just like, it's different really. I'm not going to study. I'm going because I now believe God will use me there. I have to start life from there. And I kept me, and I remember fighting my brothers, like, like, like fighting, you know, in the night and we would argue. And, and one of them would shout at me, I shouldn't have paid your school fees. And I remember I would cry all night. I'm like, I wish these guys could just understand that what I feel is, is, is bigger than just, I want to go to the UK. Because I didn't want to go to the UK. Not that there's anything wrong with the UK. I mean, the weather is great. <laughs> but it wasn't just in my rather. And so I remember getting on that plane, and the, the night before I got on the plane my, my, on the plane, my older brother, he, you know, we, we had an argument all night, and, and then in the morning, we woke up, he says, "If they retain you at that airport, don't come here." And that was my buy. <laughs> because they were retaining lots of people those days at the airport. But you see, that very night, what did he didn't know had happened to me? I tell you this, it's an amazing thing. What had happened to me is that I, I, in the night, I was on my bed, and I was praying, partly crying, very nervous, thinking, am I making the right decision here? Because my friends are on track to go and do a master's at the College of Medicine in Malawi. And, and I'm, I'm going I'm to sacrifice all that? You know, my grades were good enough to get the best scholarships in Malawi. okay? Most of the people that I was with in my, in, 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 in my, in, in my studies went on, and, and, and you see, I was one of the top two students in that uni, okay? No, very confirmed. Take some, take some, take some. <laughs> and, 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 and so most of, most of my friends that I was with were now telling me, okay, they, are, they have received the invitation for the masters. Me, I had stopped. So they went for the master's from there. Some of them have got PhDs now. I still don't have one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but so I knew I was on track. And so I'm struggling. Should I really leave all this? And people are saying to me, you just going there. What are you going to do in the UK? What, what are and they're telling me all sorts of things. But God is faithful. You know, and, and in my fear of I'm going to be returned at the airport. In my fear of that, I had a dream that night. And the dream I had, I just saw myself and a gate opening for me. Amen. And I woke up with some strength and I said, hey, let's, let's, I'd put everything on the line. And, and let's do this. Just that little dream I had. So not only had God provided the ticket. And the means for me to beat the corrupt system to get a passport. But now he was opening a door for me to come here. And true to that dream, that people were being asked hundreds of questions at Heathrow, up to now I just hear from people. <laughs> I arrived at Heathrow Airport, like I I mean I think I was like a billionaire, because the guy that just just He just looked at me and he said, hey, how are you, sir? How long are you here for? I'm like, yeah, three, six months. We'll see what happens. And he goes, okay, bless you. you know, have a good time. And I had all these letters with me that I was going to show him. All this. Hannah. Yeah. He's not asking me. I felt like going back to say, ask me. <laughs> I'm ready. ask me. My entry into this country was so quick that the people that had come to wait for me had not yet arrived at the airport because they 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 were saying, oh, they now stop people and you wait for several hours, especially if you have no visa, okay? And by the time they will even call us, they were waiting for them. To say, you know, Debbie was still on the train, you know, and oh, so when I got there, now I'm thinking, oh, what do I do? <laughs> I Look for a phone booth. I ring Debbie. She's on the train. She says, "Why are you?" She, no, she's scared that I'm ringing her. Like I'm like, this is the last phone call. I'm going back. I'm like, no, I'm waiting for you. God has a way of providing. Are you with me? <laughs> One lesson that I want you to learn from that story of Elijah, God shall supply. Lesson number one, God commands people and things to supply, to work for you. Just as I believe God commanded this guy called George that gave me the ticket the second time I went there. Just as I believe God commanded the ravens for Elijah so he can be fed by ravens. Revens are not known to be generous animals, if you like. They're not the generous birds. They're the ones that are greedy. They're the ones that don't share. And they are quite unclean by every standard. But God used, he commanded ravens to find bread and meat and bring it to Elijah Every day in the afternoon, in the evening. Two meals. God, when he says he will supply, it means he will command people. He will command entities. Are you with me? He can command your bank. He will command. When he says he will supply, he will command. And it says, he says, after the, after the brook dried up, which means in life, you know, in life you can also suffer some losses and some lack because of the things that are going on around you. The brook can dry up in whole. Mm-hmm. The, the reason Elijah is in this position is because it is him who has prophesied a drought. Until he says so, it's not going to rain, which means there's going to be famine in this place. And so, but God decides, okay, but you are my servant. You've got to be fed. David says, I've been young and I'm um, old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, their are children begging bread. Are you with me? God is serious about supplying you. He will command animals to bring food to your house. <laughs> and then the Bible says, after the brook dried up, Elijah did not panic. Hello? Hello, child of God. Stop the panicking. It is very satanic. Huh? Ah, yeah, I'll repeat that. Stop it. Panicking is not of God. Anxiety is of the devil. God wants you to trust him. Hello? I'm sure for those of us that have got little children like me, if my children came to my bedroom panicking about what they will eat, oh no, what will I eat? I will slap them. Okay, I won't, but I will. <laughs> but you understand? I'll be like, why? Since when did you buy food in this house? It's the same thing. When you're panicking, God needs really to slap you. I said like, quiet. Did your panicking provide the air you are breathing right now? Did your panicking provide this heartbeat that has been running in you since you were formed? It never stops. No. There's no holiday for your heart. Huh? Listen. So Elijah, he looks to God and God says, Now, Elijah, we're going to take you to Zarephath. And in Zarapath you will find a widow. And that widow I have commanded her to supply for you. And Elijah like a man of God, like a child of God he was, he gets up and he begins the journey to Zarapath to find the widow whom God has commanded to supply for him. <laughs> it's such a strange story. I remember when, when the first time when, when, when I lived with my mom, when my, after my dad had died and watching her, uh, my dad died when she was, my mom was uh, 50, 50, 56 when my dad died. She was 56 and, 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 and living with her, I lived with her three years later after uni and all that. So I lived with her when she was about, uh, she just hitting 60. And, and and when I lived with her, and, and, and the uh, the change in the house, because she was no, my dad was no longer there. Her living as a widow, and the things that have changed in the way she did things now, because 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 a, a widow lives with a limp. A widow lives with, with 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 a half supply, if you like, especially if you've been married for long. Hello. My parents were married for 40 odd years so they would be married for quite a while not 40 30 30 something years they would be married for, for quite a while and, and 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 just i noticed a few things one of the things is that my mother had become had gone into preservation mode uh, it's it, 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 it's 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 about preserving what she has Because that guy that used to be with her, that used to plan things, that used to say, we're going to do this, we're going to do is not there anymore. So she's in preservation mode. The other reason is I think she, she had gone through a series of activities that had, that had included property grabbing by some of the uncles that didn't understand themselves too well. <laughs> Thank God they got saved now, you know. And so because of that, she was in preservation mode and, and, and she wasn't in spend freely mode. Are you with me? Now when you turn up and you're a teenager, you, 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 your parents is still your parent. But you begin to notice that okay, it's slightly different the way we do things in this house now. Hello. The term, the word widow," actually actually means it comes from, from these root meanings: empty, desolate. Now imagine God sends Elijah. To a widow so this is very it is, <laughs> I was wondering whether I should tell you this story but but I would I tell you I'll tell you this story you know I think a few years ago maybe two three years ago two years ago no 2017 2018 2017 2018 I wanted to start a business I wanted to start to, to, to buy some cars and sell some cars and secondhand and and all I needed was a thousand pounds Okay, and I was looking for a thousand pounds and I couldn't find a thousand pounds so I was praying, God you need, you need to give me a thousand pounds I need a thousand pounds yeah. I told you my life is about provision right? everything I believe God for you can trust your horses and your chariots me, I believe God so I'm like okay, I need a thousand pounds said, I'm not looking for a thousand pounds I'm going to use your story she pops up and she says, God has spoken to her to give us a thousand pounds. Do you remember? And I, and I struggled because her husband had just passed on. And I'm thinking, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking a thousand pounds from her. I struggled. I said, no, God, I, I won't take it. You can, you can send Benny at least. <laughs> 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 but, but, she's uh, not, uh, no, no. And I remember when she came to tell me, says, Pastor, God says I she give you a thousand pounds. I went, no. Yeah. So I said, no, let's pray, okay. You go, we pray. You know, but you see, I, I, I really knew I was praying for a thousand pounds. Okay. I said, You go, we pray. And then it took some how many days? I don't know how many days it took. And she reminded me again. Pastor, what are you saying about you know when provision begins to chase you? And she says, What are you saying about one thousand thousand pounds? I said, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but what had happened to me is that God took me to this story, so it's very close to my heart. God took me to this story. And, and, and said, I, I, you are not the first. I, I've commanded weeders to supply before. And God actually had a, a series of rebukes for me of who do you think you are? But this last one was the one that made a lot of sense. When God says, don't you know that by... D- Commanding her to do this, I'm planning to supply for her. Why are you focused on you? And I remember those other words I said to her. And then when we came and then we prayed here, and I started prophesying over you the supply that God was going to release. It was coming from that experience I had. God says, Don't you know this is not even about you? What is a thousand pounds? And I obeyed God. I'm glad I obeyed God. Because sooner or later, I've seen God begin to connect her to my supply in an amazing way. There's some things that are happening right now. Like everywhere we go, they don't ask about you. They ask about her. And me and Debbie are just like, why? (laughs) Everywhere we go. We find people, we're talking to people, leaders, and they'll be like but why? She's not here now. <laughs> Recently somebody was asking about doing business with her. But it's somebody we met. We just met the person. She's never even met the person. We meet the person. And the person ends up trying to do business with her. Do you understand what I'm say? By what God commanded her to do, he connected her to a supply. And I'm glad I didn't stand in the way. So if God told you to give me a thousand pounds, just bring me it all. (laughs) (laughs) Now, jokes aside, God commands people. Are you with me? He commands people. He commands Elijah to go to a widow because the widow is about to supply him, but really it's the widow that needs the supply. Because when Elijah arrives, let me start winding this thing down, because otherwise I'm going to be here forever. When Elijah arrives at this place, he finds the widow picking sticks, fetching sticks. And and, and Elijah is a man of God, bless the Lord. He came with the word in him. Because when God says, I have commanded a widow, Elijah as a prophet, what he took was a word in him. A prophet has nothing but the word. He took the word in him. And the word he had was, therefore God has supplied. Remember what I told you at the beginning? When he demands, he has supplied. Now let's see whether this widow knew this. When he arrives, he says to the widow, fetch me some water. She has no problems with that. And then he says, hey, as you're going, can you also bring me some bread? It matters how you prophesy to you prophets. Before he gives the word, the spirit of prophets is subject to the prophets. That's for another day. But it matters. You need to think about what God is saying and how you're going to deliver it. It's your job to think about it. You don't just stand up and say, God has shown me you're going to die. Are you not human yourself? do you know how human beings communicate such news? You've got to think about it. So Elijah knows he's come with a word. This woman is about to be supplied. But then he says, bring me some bread, will you? And she says, oh my Lord. As your Lord lives, I have nothing in my house. Nothing. Even these sticks I'm collecting, I've just got a little flower. I'll tell you my plan. I'm going in the house. I'm going to make the last bread that we can make from this flour and the little oil, me and my son are going to eat and then we're going to wait to die. Now you see, if you don't understand how God works, you will say, wrong address. Because the widow God sent me to must be loaded. This is how we miss what God is about to supply. Hear me. I've got a word for you.
0: Where God is
1: going to send you. And where your supply is going to come from. is not because that company is big. Huh? Are you with me? It's not because. It, oh, oh, it, 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 everything looks promising. Listen. Listen. The voice of God. Is the voice of harvest. Everything answers to his voice. So when when he sends Elijah there, Elijah proves to us he is a man of God. He says, you have nothing perfect. This is exactly where I'm going to eat for the next three and a half years. The widow who has nothing is where he's going to stay. He stayed there, if you read your Bible. Three and a half years, staying with the widow who has nothing. <laughs> aye, 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 aye. He says, This, you're gonna be my supply. You you have nothing. What did Elijah knew know, which the widow didn't know? Or which widow don't know. What did he know? Because I'm looking at this widow and I'm thinking, look at this widow. Is it that when God said, I have commanded her? She didn't know she has been commanded. Just like us, sometimes. God, we don't realize God has, I began by talking about when God sends you somewhere, you might think it's for other reasons, but God always commands us to do things. He leaves those commands in our hearts. If we care to know, we will find them very soon. She was looking at her lack, what she doesn't have, And she didn't know she has been commanded to supply for God himself. Are you with me? I don't want you to leave this room thinking God has not commanded you anything for his kingdom. He has. You need to find out. You need to say, Father, what do you want me to do with this? This little flower that you have... The little oil that you have. eh? The little money, the little energy that you have. The small house or big house that you have. The little job you have or the big job that you have. It carries a command from God. Are you with me? Don't be thinking, I just need to eat and then we'll see what happens tomorrow. That's what she was thinking. She doesn't know. The little flower was supposed to supply one of the greatest prophets as Jesus said, that has ever lived. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. There is a command on your money. Find out. There is God's command on everything that you have. You see, I can confidently say, if cars are allowed to be in heaven to testify on our behalf, No car I have ever owned will testify that it didn't serve God. If shoes are allowed in heaven to testify, my shoes will testify that I carried good news. Everything is commanded to serve God. Are you with me? You're holding nothing for yourself. Okay, second part. If this widow knew that she was commanded to supply, is it because she had little that she decided, I'm not going to do it? I can't do it. So today we arrive at Gift Sunday and we are saying, guys, prepare what you're going to give this year, how you're going to challenge yourself to give this year. bit more in the house of God, bit more in the kingdom of God. Are you going to increase your giving? How are you going to get on standing orders, some of you, for the first time? Or how are you going to decide to give regularly for the first time, some of you? Some of you, how are you going to decide I'm now going to give a tithe? I'm going to pay my tithes all the time. Some of you are going to decide that. And you, but listen, but you're looking at what you have and you're saying, I know this is what God wants to do, but it's not enough. Lord, there is hardly enough for me and my child to eat. She was in the same position. I know you've sent a prophet. I know he's a man of God. I know he needs to eat. But there is only enough for me and my child. Even what I'm calling enough is only for one meal. Surely you can't stone her for that. She's a mother. She can't be wrong. That's not wrong. There's only enough for me and my children and my child. That's all. We can't add another mouth on this. You know, my wife is awesome. She, she's so generous. You know? She's a very generous woman. And so she keeps adding to our budget. And sometimes she just drives me mad. <laughs> i like, no, no, we can't give that. Ah. It's not even enough for this, Debbie. <laughs> She's generous. She will bless. She will give. <laughs> I don't know what this woman's son would have done if she turned up with Elijah. <laughs> this woman had only enough courage to collect two sticks. There wasn't much to cook. And she says, now my son... We've got a third mouth now. A grown man. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. Listen. Learn from this story. Learn from this story. It's not a big revelation. It doesn't matter how much you have. God first. Did you hear that one? It doesn't matter what is in your hands God first there's only enough for me and my child to eat and then die Elijah says don't fear don't fear make for me first Elijah in this case represents God he says don't fear just don't fear make for me first you see I, I look at myself and I say "Wow." Can I say that to someone? If Bright wanted to give me his last money, and I was say, Bright, what does Amy think? Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, yeah, Bright, no. Just go feed your wife. Can I say, don't fear. If God has commanded you, release it. Give me. That's what Elisha did. The woman is talking about dying. We're going to eat and then die. And he says her, no, 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 don't, don't fear at all. God first, he said. I want to encourage you, don't fear. God first. As you give, don't fear. God first. Are you with me? Why? Why? Elijah says, because thus says the Lord. There's a reason he is telling us this. He says, the flour will not run out. The oil will also not run out until rain comes. Do you know when rain came? Three years later. They were eating from the same thing. He's not talking about two weeks. This was a miracle for three years. Three years. Elijah, the woman, her child, are eating from the same jar. Three years. For Elijah to go back and challenge Ahab, you read, he came from that house of this widow. And then he goes back. Three years. Eating from this. So this is not a, a small miracle. Are you with me? So here's the reason why I will say to you. Don't fear. Because I believe God has spoken a word. Over your life. Trust me. As we begin to give this gift Sunday. As we give in the house of God. I know some of you have come and you're saying. Oh yeah. Now I hear God. And God is speaking to you about how you, you're supposed to give. It's fine. Take your time. You're going to give. But when you do it, don't fear. Because I know God has spoken the word. Are you with me? A few things before I finish. Jesus said about this widow. He said in Luke 4.24, I tell you the truth. No prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel, in Elijah's time, when the heavens were closed for three and a half years. And a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. There was many needy widows. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Why this widow? Because God looked for one that will honor his word. Are you with me? Jesus says this widow, she was found honorable by God. There was many widows in Israel that had needs. Needs alone does not make God supply. You can write this sentence down. The reason God will cause supply to come to you is because he sees you or in you an ability to honor his word, his servants, and the ones that he sends. Period. That's the reason he will cause supply. Jesus himself says, let me tell you about what happened to that widow in Zarephath. There were many needy ones in Jerusalem. But no one was sent to. Elijah was not sent to them. Because they were not going to honor the prophet. That's what he means. Because he begins by a prophet is not honorable in his own village. So these people were not going to honor the prophet. So God decided to look for someone who will honor Elijah. And because she was going to honor Elijah, God sent the three and a half miracle of supply to her house. God is going to send miracles of supply to your house because you honor the word. Now, I'm going to release a word over you today. And, 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 and as you honor that word, God is going to send supply to your house. Are you with me? In John six twenty nine, the Bible says, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. In John 13, verse 20, the Bible says, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. What more can I tell you? Supply follows the law of honor. God will supply. But really, I should have added, if you honor him, honor his word. Honour those he sends. Some of the people he sends don't look quite as well-dressed as I look today. You know. This is also my provision, you know. Yeah, you know this one, right? <laughs> Bright took me shopping and I bought this. No, he bought this. I tell you, my life is full of provision. Provision. <laughs> and, and you know, honor the ones He sends, honor the word He sends. Are you with me? Then there's gonna be supply, God will supply. Honor the ones He sends, honor the word He sends. This is what usually happens. God either sends a word or sends a somebody. And some don't look quite great, some look great. Doesn't matter. The work we have is to honor the ones he sends. Honor the word he sends to us. And in that is a key for supply. I honored what she was sent to do. I was supplied, wasn't I? Yeah. She honoured me as a man of God and brought that gift into my life. Was she supplied? Well, she can answer for yourself. For herself, she's there. Do you understand? Honour is the key for God to release stuff. Now, nowadays, there's too many people just talking about, oh, put your seed, put your seed. And so nobody understands what's going on. But I'm trying to explain what's going on. When you begin to understand this issue of what is God saying, and then you honor what God is saying, you are releasing supply over your life. The reason why some of us have not yet been supplied to this day, we've been praying for a spouse and we've not been supplied, it's a lack of honoring the ones he has been sending Or the word he has been sending in your life. Are you with me? Anybody that moves over into a place of honoring the word and the ones God is sending. Experiences the supply of heaven. If I had time I would tell you about David. I would tell you about Joseph. I would really tell you a lot of things about Peter and the miraculous catch of fish. Because Jesus said. Just because Jesus said to the right the right a man who was a carpenter not a fisherman said to a professional fisherman push back to the right throw the net to the right how does he know these things peter didn't ask that question honor the ones he has sent honor the words that he sent, and you will have your miraculous touch